Welcome to the Truth For Doubt podcast, where we like to talk about theology, apologetics, and try to have a little fun along the way. Join us as we navigate through life from a Christian worldview. Welcome back to the Truth For Doubt podcast. It's the only podcast where you get to hear Dr. Ethan Hunley sing the lyrics to that world-famous song, Zombies, by the Cranberries. Take it away, Ethan. Zombie, 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 ay, ay. You nailed it. That was, that was really good. I feel like that was that was uh what a weird intro. Thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. Well, I, I you thought know, you, I thought you knocked it out of the you, park. I, I I was ready to commit. Yeah. Yeah. I was ready to sing whatever song you brought up, <laughs> and I happen to know that one. <laughs> I was, that's why I was staring at my computer for a second, trying to like think of how I was going to like do the intro, because I could not remember who sang that song. Uh, and I remember, yeah. it's like, that's the only song they sing, I'm pretty sure. No, they did the, the, the Linger song. What's the Linger song? Do you have to let it linger? You know, you don't remember that song? No, I have no idea what song that is. You know I'm so just sing zombies again. That's all. I, you you don't you really want that song. I really have no oh, idea. All right, you should look that one up. That's I good. think you're just making it up. I think those are their only two songs. Got it. Well, anyway, welcome back to the Truth for Doubt podcast. <laughs> Greetings. Uh, is that what you're gonna say from now on? Uh, that was that was my test run of of one this time. How did how did it feel coming out? Uh, better than howdy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What was that one that I said that you could use last week? Um, like oh, like Ziggity Zoo or something, something like that. I, I don't know. That. Well, that was yours. So, well, no, mine's the Welcome to the Truth for That Podcast. Yeah, well, welcome back. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, too bad. As per usual, we're gonna just goof off for the first like fifteen minutes. So, if that's not for you, fast forward a little bit, and then we'll get into some uh, more meteor content. But Ethan, this but, week that you, you've got something so, that so I'm kind of nervous about. I brought a new uh, a new segment this week called "Picture Me This." Ding. <laughs> Picture me this. Picture me this. All right. So, I Michael, I have I have mined through the depths of your Facebook page. Oh. Man, and and found old pictures on there, and found the most interesting <laughs> old photos of you that that I could find. Yeah, I'm glad um, this is a podcast and not like <laughs> like a YouTube channel, like putting up pictures. So cast. well, so I have ten photos here. Ten photos. Ten photos. Okay. And I want you to. So I'll I'll open one up, and I want you to describe in detail. Got it. Just what the picture is, <laughs> <laughs> and then okay. describe like what you're doing, how this picture got taken. Okay. 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 So there's uh there's ten of them here. Let me find let me find a good one to start. So we'll start with one pretty straightforward. Okay. Eat more badgers. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So describe the photo. Okay. So there's a. If I'm remembering this right, okay. So it's a a photo of a photo. Of these guys standing in the bleachers, and it says "Eat more badgers," kind of like like the "Eat more chickens," yeah, like Chick Fil A, Chick Fil A. Um, so, yeah, okay. So those were friends who came to watch me play soccer. Okay. And they, so in high school, I was known as just Badger because people like my last name a lot. And so they came and they rooted for me and they had those that that sign that says eat more badgers. I don't I don't know why they okay put, decided to make it like the Chick Fil A thing. All right, but I'm I'm pretty sure that's what that's from. Very interesting. Okay, moving on. I'm I'll, I'm trying to put some of the the more the less exciting ones at the beginning, Got it. saving okay. the more exciting ones towards the end. Sure. Um. So we'll go here. So. <laughs> Nothing's nothing's actually happening in this photo. Yeah, it's just the fact that it's a just the fact that it's a photo, and there are several photos here, and you may or may not know who all these people are. I can kind of see it in your glasses. Go if ahead. you can tell me about tell me about <laughs> these photos. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's a group of four photos. Um, on the upper left hand side is a photo of my sister's old best friend from a church that we used to attend. Her name's Brittany. Okay. And I actually took her to a prom. Oh. As kind of like a like a like a friend kind of thing. Like a favor to to 
my sister because older like, sister younger yeah it's my older okay. sister yeah yeah so i think i think brenny's like a few years older than i was okay uh, but anyway so yeah like i took her kind of like not in a mean way but like as a as kind of a favorite she needed prom. a date yeah she needed a date and i was like why not and okay. then so okay and then below her is a picture of like two two little girls well one of the little girls is under a different picture but on the bottom row are two little girls and they're related to me somehow. I just don't know how. I think they were my uncle's great nieces or something like that. So, okay. So yeah, but my sister knew them a lot better than I did. And then the uh, the best <laughs> the best photo in the that best group best of them all is me in <laughs> me in high school or not in high school me in middle school, and I've got shoulder length hair. Like wow, have you seen that photo before? No, I yeah. mean this is so impressive. Yeah, I didn't know that your hair could grow this long. It it definitely can. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I was super awkward in middle school. Uh-huh. Not much has changed, but I you was. You looked like so a pretty cool guy. Part of uh, nope. Uh, so part of that was because like I was homeschooled from third grade to to like freshman high school. Oh, and wait, so, so this was this was homeschool, Michael. Yeah, that's homeschool, Michael. But we went to like a co-op school. So okay. Like once a week, we went to school and then like got homework for the rest of the week. Gotcha. So I did that for like several years and stuff. <laughs> but there was this girl that I was like, oh, she's really cute. She'll never talk to me. And one day during like one of the like the break sessions or something like that, she came up and talked to me and said, I really like your hair. You should never cut it. Oh, and it definitely right. was not that long when she told me that. And so I was just like, oh my gosh, I can never cut my hair. And it's so the way I get girls. I let it grow for a long time. And uh, that's that. That's wow. The, uh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, that, one, that one was good. Yeah. See, there was more backstory behind that than I thought there might be. So that's <laughs> really good. Okay. Um, next, we'll go with this one. So again, not a lot's happening here, but uh-huh. I'm assuming that this is probably around the 4th of July, um, and you have one major uh, Viking beard. Oh, and really? it is so good Oh, looking. yeah. That's when uh, Kayla and I... So describe the picture. Yeah, sorry. So we were at, I think it's Kings Island. I'm pretty sure it's Kings Island. It's either Kings Island or the other one in Ohio that I can't think of the name of right now. Cedar, Cedar Point? Point. Yeah. yeah. So it's either one of those two. And at one of those, there is like a replica of the Eiffel Tower, and you can go all the way to the top uh, okay. and look out. Uh, so whichever one that is, and uh, so that's what the picture is. We're at the very top of this uh, Eiffel Tower place, looking at roller coasters, and we're, we did a did a selfie. Who else is in the photo? And uh, my wife, Gail. Okay, yeah. And, and so, how long have you guys? We've been married for maybe like six months at this point. Okay, and so I've let my beard grow out for quite a while, and uh, oh gosh. I mean that like it looks pretty. like a different person. It's like it's, it's bushy. Like it's really strange. It, it looks great. Yeah. Well, I Kayla always told me like, yeah, I really like your beard. And then when we go back and look at that picture, she just never do that again. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, why did you let me do that? That was ridiculous. So yeah, I got a big old oh. big old man beard. That was the manliest I've ever been, by the way. Oh, I like so, it. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Um, help me keep count here, because I I think I might I think actually three. have more than. Uh, more than 10 here so these haven't been too bad so far no no it's uh again some of them are more, a lot worse some of them are more interesting than others here's a good one so describe this photo oh yeah okay so i actually like that photo a lot okay. um so that is um i used to do an after school middle uh after school middle school program called okay. yoke Okay. Um, don't ask me what yoke stands for. I don't know what it stands for. But okay. it's uh, it was like a Christian-based after-school program. And like each week we had a different like themed club. And that one was uh, a cardboard-themed club. Okay. And so it is me, my friend uh, Christian, uh, my friend Caroline, and actually one of our Patreon supporters. Um, she used to be Anna Vandenherk. Now she is Anna... I'm so used to calling her Anna Vandenherk. I forgot her Uh-oh. her husband's name's Daniel. So Anna Daniel. Anna Daniel. I'll think of her her last shout name out, in a second. But shout anyway, out to Anna. Anna Daniel. Anna and Daniel are uh, some of our Patreon supporters. So anyway, so I am dressed up as a cardboard robot, also known as Boximus Prime. Bo- <laughs> 
That's great. Pretty cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Boximus Prime. That's the best. All right. Okay. So moving on. That was four. <laughs> I really like this one. And I feel like it's because this is somehow related to Dragon Ball Z. I could be wrong about that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Are you? Oh man, they're bringing out the the, the nerd. Guys. I like it. Okay, so I used to work at a Christian camp during the summers. Okay, and uh, when I first started working there, when I wasn't a counselor, I worked in the kitchen, preparing food, doing dishes, like mm-hmm. serving the kids, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, these were a bunch of friends. John Davis is actually right in the middle, and you've heard of John Davis. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to John Davis. Shout out to John Davis. And so, so when we were kids, we really liked um, Dragon Ball Z. And there's a uh, there's a squad in 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 that show called the Ginyu Force. The Ginyu and they Force had a That's very right. specific way of of introducing <laughs> themselves, and we're doing like the the pose that they did. Yeah. So they... describe the photo. Oh gosh. Okay. So because uh, I I want our right. listeners to really. So there's Ment- two mentally see what what we're <laughs> what we're looking at right now. So there's two guys up front. One of them on the bottom left is a guy named Samuel Darumo, and he's from Kenya. He's awesome. I haven't talked to him in a really long time, which makes me sad. Um, and he's like sitting cross-legged with his with his fist on his chin. Another guy next to him who's squatting with his arms kind of out, a little bit like an airplane. Um, and then you have a guy named Randy who is awesome. Who I also haven't talked to in a long time, but he has his back facing us doing kind of like a, like a, I don't know, like a bodybuilder pose where they flex one arm and put one arm straight out. Right. And then you have John Davis in the middle. who's kind of like squatting, doing kind of like a victorious, ah, pose. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it other than, ha ah, with one fist in the air. Um, and then you have me next to him, uh, and I'm standing on one foot with my other knee in the air with my arms straight out, screaming as hard as I can. I like it. So, yeah. That's what that photo is. That's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, oh. Uh, Anna and Daniel McGraw. That's their McGraw. last name. McGraw. Yeah, All I right. Cool. I'll just edit that together to where it sounds like I said their name the first time around. Oh, right. Yeah. No, that would be perfect. The power of editing. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Uh, so this one's this one's a little violent looking. Violent. What? Yeah. So uh, and, and I'm assuming this is you in this photo. Okay. So violent. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna have you again. So describe the photo first, and okay. then tell me sort of the story behind it. I'm. Oh. <laughs> so that's also at the camp. Uh, so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what are we looking at right really here? <laughs> okay. So um, two. Um, those aren't the Union soldiers. Those are the, uh, um, or no. They look like Union soldiers. Yeah, they do look like Union soldiers. So two Union soldiers are attacking me, who's dressed up as a Native American. Okay. Um, and uh, I'm playing the role of uh, Angry Bear in that, Angry Bear. In that photo. Yeah, so at this uh, summer camp, we put on this thing called the, uh, uh, what was it called? The Indian drama. Okay. And it was like to tell the gospel story through this like kind of week long skit of like of like Angry Bear and Chief Chinich Cook and like the missionary and all that kind of stuff. Okay. And uh, that's that's part of the play. And I was and, Angry Bear, and they were trying to like wrestle me and and take me into captivity. Okay. Yeah, because so. I came across this photo, and I'm like. At what point in Michael's life was he dressed as an Indian, yeah. getting tackled by <laughs> Union soldiers? All the time. Like, this has time. to be... That's just like a Tuesday There has for to me. be some interesting uh, story here. So, what is this camp that you keep referring to? Camp Bioka. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was awesome. I never went there as, like, a camper or anything like that, but that's where I met um, a lot of my friends that I'm still friends with today who had a huge influence on my, on my life. Cool. Yeah, man. So, what is that? Six, seven... Let I don't see. remember anymore. One, two, three, four, five, six. All right, so we're at seven. Go ahead. All right. Yeah, let's just go through all of them because I'm really curious to see all of the. There's photos some very interesting got, photos. Yeah. Um, so with this one, <laughs> I just you just need to describe this because I don't know what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> yeah, that's best friend day, man. Uh, it's me and my uh, my other friend Josh Bizek, who who you know. So shout oh, out yeah. to Josh Bizek. Okay. Um, oh, what's so- up, Josh? <laughs> so we um, 
<laughs> so what what are we looking at? Yeah, oh yeah, sorry, I forgot to describe the photo. No, um, no, because it's I want to hear backstory. So too. me and my friend Josh are kneeling and kind of like posing on these skateboards, kind of like in an action shot, and <laughs> Josh is holding a flashlight straight out, um, looking like he's kind of like attack not attacking, but like looking cool with a flashlight on a skateboard, and he's wearing a backpack. He's got like an Under Armour shirt on and uh, kind of like athletic pants on and some boots and uh, a blue headband and blue armbands and some work gloves. <laughs> and I'm wearing the exact same outfit, except I have red headband and red sweatbands. You look on like my wrist. Uh, like vigilante superheroes. Yeah, that's what we we're going for. You're like holding a and then I'm holding crowbar. A, yeah, so I'm kneeling and trying to pose on on my skateboard. And, uh, oh yeah, he also has a blue backpack. I have a red black backpack. So we really thought this through <laughs> and I'm holding a crowbar, but this was actually t- taken by Josh's girlfriend at the time. And we were about to go explore these tunnels that run all throughout like our hometown. Okay. And, uh, they're like sewage drains and things like that that yeah. you can like walk into. Okay. And, uh, so we, we did it before, but we did it on our hands and knees. Uh-huh. Um, so, okay, let me, let me describe it a little bit. So you can walk in and like you, the entry tunnel is big enough for you to just like stand, stand in, stand in and okay. walk straight down. And then you get into this like giant chamber and this giant chamber has like, like honestly satanic, like graffiti all around it, like pentagrams and like, like goat heads and all this like terrifying stuff. And so that's partly what the crowbar was for, because we were like, if we if we find like Satanists down here and they try to attack us, we're, we we got crowbars. My my mind went straight to like Ninja Turtles lair. Oh yeah, kind of, well that's what I thought. That about if they worship Satan, so like, oh, okay, like demon Ninja Turtles. So okay. anyway, so um, but you get to this one point where you have to crawl on your hands and knees to go any further. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, instead of hands and knees, the skateboards. we got skateboards so we can just like push ourselves. Yeah. And uh, so that was, that was our best friend day. And that's what we did for a, a long time. That's awesome. That day. Well, I feel like me and you need to have a best friend day now. I, I know, right? We if need that, matching outfits. If that's what best friend day yeah, man. means, then I want one too, because that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, moving on. I feel like this next one is probably another camp story. Okay. Um, but it was an interesting photo. So tell me about this. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely a camp story. <laughs> yeah. So that's me, uh, my friend, Josh Bysak, my friend, Caroline Icorn, who was also in, uh, the previous yoke picture of okay. when I was boxing as prime and, um, a girl named Heather who I think she, I think her name is Heather Snyder now. But uh, so in this photo, I am I'm hugging a big old deer mounted deer head, and it was for some skit. I don't remember what it was exactly for, but uh, yeah, it was uh, we were doing a skit for the kids. It's like someone else has a trombone. Oh, Josh has then... a trombone. Uh, Caroline has uh, like fairy wings, and then Heather's wearing like this weird dress. So yeah, okay. it was just some skit. I don't okay. remember. Okay, all right. Not super fun story for that one. Well, no, it it's fun, it's though. interesting. So. Um, <laughs> this is another one that so <laughs> I want to describe this one if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. So this this like sort of a close up photo of Michael. Um so we've moved on. There's a uh-huh. second another one. Um and there's a lady in the background looking in a looking in the mirror. Um it looks like she's wearing some type of costume. There's some type of animal like skin uh-huh. hanging over her shoulder. Looks like a fox or something. Oh man! And then and and that's in the background. But then you are sort of looking past the camera, like Uh someone took this photo without you knowing, or or I don't know, just like an action shot or something. And again, you're wearing Indian garb. Oh okay. Um, lots of tassels. Probably another. Um, and it looks like you're holding some type of animal fur maybe i don't know <laughs> and then half of your face is painted red it looks like the other half is painted black oh yeah 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 that's uh that's me getting ready for for the indian drama okay so same thing yeah is this yeah. in a different one because your face wasn't painted in the other photo yeah this is a different probably a different week okay. so like we had multiple weeks of camp and okay. stuff were and you so- always on the indian side or were you ever a union soldier I think I may have been a Union soldier once or twice, but yeah, I was usually I was usually an Indian. And how old were you here? Ah, man, maybe like between the ages of like sixteen and 
19. So anywhere oh, okay. between there. Yeah, I'm not really 100% For sure. For whatever reason, when I see you in this picture, you yeah. look taller then than you do now. I don't know why. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> we lad there. So, two, so much to learn, baby I have, badger. I have two more photos, which this might total at 11. I can't remember. Yeah, it'll total at 11. Cool. But, uh, <laughs> this one makes me laugh. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> because, so, <laughs> so it's, uh, so the photo is a horse, and it's Michael with a Tennessee state champion shirt on. With the sleeves oh, cut yeah, off. Oh, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. And he's hugging the horse's head. Yeah. That's one um, of my manly photos. <laughs> but, like, your face looks very sad. Oh, does it? Yeah. Like, oh. you look like you're, like, really in deep thought. Yeah. Like, caressing a horse's <laughs> face. <laughs> like, that's where my calendar. Really? That's yeah. what? I'm going to put a calendar That's together. what it looks like. <laughs> For Kayla. So, um, what is the story yeah, behind this? So, uh, at the same camp, I, uh, so... After I was there for a few years, uh, I started doing um, the horse program. So okay. I, was the, I was the horse program director. Oh, cool. Uh, so, yeah, I took care of horses all the time um, and then took uh, took kids on like trail rides and tra- trail rides and things like that. And um, did you ever have to go chase down a kid on a horse that was galloping? Uh, no, there. OK, so we had this thing called cowboy camp, which okay. was like like all week long. We did things with horses. And there's these kids who like, oh man, they were just awful. Like part of it, like, I mean, they come from a, like a really like bad home life. Oh yeah. So it's kind of like understandable to mm-hmm. a point, but they were, man, they were really bad though. Um, and there's this one, one of the brothers, he was just, I don't know, man, he, he was just awful the entire week. And like to the point where it's just like, like, I just want this kid to go home. But then at the same time, you don't want the kid to go home because you know he's going back to. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, there's this, like, like, uh, this internal front. conflict. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then at one point, like, he was, like, he didn't really like riding the horses at all. But he mm-hmm. always tried to act tough and everything. And uh, so, like, at one point, the horses got spooked because they, they saw a snake. Mm-hmm. And, like, as long as you don't, as, as long as you don't freak out or anything like that, usually the horses can... They'll like they'll calm get back spooked, down, but and... yeah, they'll come back down a little bit. But if you freak out, you'll start messing with the reins and all that kind of stuff, and your body will tense up, and then they'll get tense. And so he did that. He freaked out because yeah. like he didn't like snakes either. And his horse bolted up this embankment. Oh my gosh! Just like it, it was, it looked like this horse should not have been able to like climb this this like cliff that it climbed up. And like he is, <laughs> this kid is like holding oh on gosh. for dear life kind of screaming partly falling off and like this is awful i've prayed about it in a repentant <laughs> sense but i was like trying to tell him to calm down like it's fine you know hold on with your legs all that kind of stuff so uh-huh. he would be fine but like also at the same time trying not to laugh really hard because i was like <laughs> man that kid finally got it so, oh man anyway but he ended up being totally fine but he also got really scared and kind of made my day for a minute. All right, but that's just my sinful nature. So, so, <laughs> so this photo was just it was just like one of those action shots of you. Yeah, man, that was just me. Uh, Tell what you did, kind I of think... between when the kids came, you would just like brush yeah. the horses' mane. <laughs> I would whisper and... into their ear. Yeah, tell them everything's gonna be fine. Okay, take them to the stream, get some water, all that yeah. kind of stuff. <laughs> Walk with a sultry look on my face back to the mm. livery stable. Yeah. So you could take a horse to water and make him drink. I could do both. Wow. Yes, exactly. That's impressive. Yeah, except this horse named Tough who was like <laughs> he wasn't having it, man. He, he was, was a pretty tough guy. He huh? was a pretty tough tough cookie. Okay, so moving on. Last but not least. Last but not least. By far the most interesting photo I came yeah. across okay. is Michael I'm going to let you describe it, okay? okay. All right. So you <laughs> That's really funny. I forgot all about that. Um, yeah, so that was when my my niece was just about to be born. Okay, and, and what are we looking at? Uh, so it, it's uh, it looks like the end of a hospital bed with this <laughs> man's head coming kind of like out of the end of the hospital bed. A grown man. Me like crouching down with kind of like a like like I'm trying to catch his head with my arms outstretched like oh, palms open wide yeah. ready to receive his head, <laughs> receive his head <laughs> and my face is like oh what is going on and so it's it's me giving or uh, de- not giving birth but delivering um, my uh, ex brother in law bringing him into the world oh, okay so all right yeah always wondered how babies were made yep that's it man okay yeah 
Yeah, cool. and you're a doctor. You should know that. <laughs> they come out as oh fully grown goodness. 30-year-old men. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that was fun. That was good. I was I was probably more worried than I think I needed to be. That wasn't as bad as I thought. Yeah. I thought that yeah. was going to be worse. I thought that I picked... Like a pretty diverse set of pictures. Yeah, yeah, you really a, did. A, well, apparently not, because they were all from just that camp. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of weird things happened at that camp. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. That's good. Yeah, I man. like to hear about your past. What's that? I like to hear about your past. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, we just need to have like a like a reminiscent podcast or a reminiscing podcast where we just like we each share like a cool memory from our past. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We could call it. Reminiscent. 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 Rem- no? I Evan- don't know. No, I was thinking of evanescent. Evanescence. Uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Thing. I don't know why. <laughs> Doesn't, Doesn't even matter, matter how hard you try. try. <laughs> you might want to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Dan. Uh, oh. All right. Oh, so, goodness. Time to get into more serious things. Mm-hmm. Um, so... <laughs> uh, this week, we want to talk about the like the importance of uh, of meaning... So when we are talking about the things that each worldview has to answer, we've talked about that a few right. times. The five um, questions. Yeah, the five questions being uh, origin, that like where did the universe come from? Right. Meaning, what gives life purpose or does life have purpose? Mm-hmm. Morality, is there such a thing as objective morality? Ultimate reality, is there anything beyond the physical things that we see? And then finally, destiny. Yeah. Uh, what happens when we die? Uh, what is the destiny of of all that we see? We kind of want to focus in a little bit on on meaning and why it's such an important thing. And I think in our day and age, it's it's really come to pass that man, we live in a culture where I think a lot of people are kind of just floating in this um, this feeling of life not really having any sort of purpose. Yeah, and, yeah. And their their specific life not having any purpose or meaning. Right. Everyone's kind of looking for that something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So did you did you end up watching that video that I sent you? It was with the Mosaic Church in Jordan Peterson. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I saw that. Yeah. So I, I sent Ethan this video, and it was this, uh, this guy from a church called Mosaic in New York. I don't really know much about the, the church, but he ended up going to an event with this guy named Jordan Peterson who is... Um, a philosopher, clinical psychologist. He's he's not a Christian, so take that for what it's worth. But he wanted to ask Jordan Peterson a question, and he uh, was actually able to. Like they they texted in questions and stuff for Jordan Peterson to yeah. answer, and, and he actually answered this guy's question. Yeah, it's an interesting question. It really is. Yeah. Um, so the question he asked is, uh, why are men not coming to church? Basically, the church is sixty percent female with signs of showing that that number is increasing. And so yeah. more females are coming to church, um, which is, you know, that's awesome. But men are declining in their attendance to church. Yeah. And he wanted to know why that was or why Jordan Peterson thought that was. Yeah. And his answer kind of was boiled down to he thinks that the church isn't really doing a good enough job at giving specifically young men meaning. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting that, um, you know, right part, kind of right at the beginning of his answer, because, I mean, he talks for, what, almost 25 minutes just on this one question. Um, But I thought it was interesting that right at the beginning, he he makes note that, um, you know, he says that his audience is Mm -hmm. almost the opposite. I don't remember the exact percentage that he gave, but he said that, uh, most of his audience was like 60 or 70 or 80 percent, whatever it was, men, right? Uh, and not as many women in his audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then that's where I guess I think that's how he made the connection of of the church maybe not doing as good of a job um, giving young men purpose and right. meaning, whereas a lot of what he talks about, like his his book, the Twelve Rules for Life, rules is that what it's called? Life. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's very much about like taking ownership and and responsibility, and it's very it's very challenging to I think men. Yeah, um, right. right yeah. I haven't read it, so I don't I don't know for sure, but yeah, that's I, the impression that I get. I haven't read it either, and it, it kind of. But I've heard him talk a lot about it, and I've heard him talk about like the specific rules in each one. Yeah, and yeah, it, it is all. It, it's not directed specifically towards men. Yeah. Um, 
the 12 rules for life can be applied to men and women. Right. Ultimately, it's a self-help book. Um, yeah, right. And uh, But I feel like men respond, men are responding to it. Yeah, and they are. More? Yeah, I don't because know. Because it's, sure it's, right it's telling them that uh, life actually does have meaning and that you can approach life with your with your chest out, shoulders back. You can take responsibility for your life, and in doing so, you take on a little bit of the suffering that is going on around you to try to make the world a little bit better of a place. And yeah. that's meaning. That's finding a meaning in life. Right. And And that's kind of why all these young men are are flocking to them because there's an epidemic of of young men in this in this country who are are just floating in this milieu of of meaninglessness mm-hmm. i mean if you look at the so the cdc has released you know, over the last however long the cdc has been around um, suicide rates and it has been increasing exp- or not exponentially but it has been uh, increasing over time and it, right now it's the highest it's ever been within 30 years. Yeah. And I think a large part of that is because, well, I think there's a few reasons. I think part of it is the rise of postmodernism. Yeah. And the erosion of uh, any sort of objective truth. Because if you take out truth, then you take out meaning and purpose because there's, you're no longer anchored to anything. You're just kind of floating in the culture. Right. Without anything to, uh, to kind of guide your life by. Because all truths are equally valid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that people have tried to feel that with people still group together. I feel like people still desire community, mm-hmm. you know. And so you find that people group together like at gyms, mm-hmm. you know, like this whole like CrossFit culture, you know, people getting together, working out together, you know, people of like mindedness kind of forming these groups you know right um these social service groups you know Mm -hmm. um like rotary club lions club these are all very good right right. i'm not saying anything negative about those but again it's people coming together Mm -hmm. and and doing things together as a community um and so you know where where this people are are doing these things to kind of fill this void that, that that you know, the church, I think, being sort of drawn out of. Yeah, right. Um, kind of to fill that space. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, you see it in college students with mm-hmm. fraternities and sororities. Right, and right. I, I just, I, it's really interesting because I, I feel looking at, like, society and culture, like, people f- flock together. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't naturally stay by themselves right uh which uh, is just really interesting yeah definitely and i mean when i so i think that purpose and meaning is wrapped up in personal identity yeah so whatever that person identifies themselves as is is often where they will get their meaning from Mm -hmm. and so i mean that can take shape in in a variety of different ways a lot of those ways are kind of like what you just said i mean it can be um different social clubs it can be in uh, not only that, but also in um, uh, like in your work. You know, your career becomes your identity, and that becomes your reason for living. Totally. Um, and then it could also, like you said, also be found in not only that, but we we're starting to see even more and more in this country that a lot of people are finding their identity and meaning and purpose within the political sphere as well. Yep. And that's kind of what's creating this tribalism, um, this postmodern tribalism of there's no single narrative to life anymore. Therefore, they have to break up into these groups to find their identity, and those groups have to battle because one is um, oppressing the other. Yeah. Um, And I think the meaning of life starts to become this, I guess, this struggle up the ladder of society, which is not aided by social media, like you said. And... Obviously, that's not sufficient, and people know that it's not yeah. sufficient. It's not satisfying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so you have these people who are becoming more and more disenfranchised by recognizing that their their purpose cannot come from their work. It can't come from um, it can't come from their you know, political circles or anything like that. And not only that, but they're also being spoon fed the postmodern ideologies of well, there really is no meta narrative there is no overarching story to life anyway so all of it doesn't really matter Mm -hmm. and so when you're constantly told that and that's constantly put into your mind 
then the only thing that you have left is is nihilism and is is purposelessness and no no real reason for living right and that i think that um that has attributed a lot again to the to the increasing suicide rate in the u.s yeah which i i believe that the the studies show the cd studies from the cdc show that it it affects young men or it affects men more than it affects women. And so mm-hmm. I think that's why all these people are flocking to this guy, Jordan Peterson, yeah. because he's offering a um, an antidote to that. He's offering a meaning to life in this, yeah. um, picking up the burdens of society and of your own life, marching forward and trying to make the world a little bit better of a place. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned, um, and uh, I hate to digress, but yeah, you no mentioned problem. the suicide rates being mostly men, uh, something else that I've read, mm-hmm. um, and not to disagree, sure. um, but something that I've read is that actually most suicides are completed by men, mm-hmm. but a higher number of suicides are actually attempted by right. women. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've heard that as well. I think men, actually Jordan Peterson also in one of his interviews talks about that as well. Yeah, men just typically do things like use guns and... yeah. M- that do they do things that women don't do as often right you know? right yeah so like one of the um one of the things that uh, jordan peterson was saying is that women often attempt suicide in ways that leave them a kind of like an escape hatch uh, a way out of the suicide and he doesn't know if that's like for psychological reasons or because men are more mechanical and so a pistol makes more sense to a man Something else makes yeah. more sense to a woman. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but uh, but how sad. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? Either, no matter what, there's there's this epidemic in men and women of, of this just there being no purpose to life. And the dangerous thing is that they are running to people like Jordan Peterson. Right. Um, because, again, I don't think the church is doing enough or a good enough, good enough job at at offering them the the true meaning to life, which is found only in Christ. Yeah. Um, and that's sad. And it's, it's, it, that then begs the question of what can the church do to fix that? Right. Because, yeah, the, because that's, like, that's the thing with the 12 rules for life. It's a self-help book, but you know, Christianity, the, the Bible, it's not a self-help book. It's a recognize how flawed of a human being you are and recognizing how badly you need a savior book. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, what do you think? Like, what do you think about the, like what the church can be doing better? <laughs> yeah. Fix sure. the church. Oh yeah. I'll, uh, let me give you my 12 rules for church life. Perfect. Number one, never, ever, ever under any circumstance, no matter what, ever, ever, I don't know. I, I got. I was gonna see how long. I was gonna see how long I could go with that. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. You know the. Um, it's because I. I know a lot of. I know a lot of really great churches. Yeah. You yeah. know uh, who. You know I'm. I'm not sure I would say are doing anything specifically wrong. Right. Um. But I. I think maybe churches need to find a way to connect with this younger generation more, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I, and that's just a, that's a tough question. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, yeah. I, and that's such a general answer, you know, but we have to find a way to communicate the gospel, mm-hmm. um, in to these people, right. you know, which is, I mean, what we're talking about, you know, apologetics in culture now, you know, mm-hmm. in society now, in, you know, um, this postmodern, you know, millennial generation, in people our age and people younger than us. Yeah. Um, you know, how do we have these faith conversations? Right. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know the answer to that, you know. I so, don't know what the church could do better. So one of the things that that I'm thinking of off the top of my head, and and again, like you said, there's, I mean, there's so many good churches that are doing so many awesome things. And so right. this is obviously a, a broad sweep of, of saying that, like, what can churches do better? You know, yeah. How can the church be better? Right. That kind of thing. But, oh, I have something else. Keep going. Yeah. But, like, even in my own, like, thinking of how I would approach these, these young men and women who are struggling with um, finding this purpose in life is 
I, I, so I think that a lot of times Christians will often um, approach sharing the gospel with how how Jesus can make their lives better. And to an extent that that can be true. I mean, mm-hmm. being saved is obviously better than not being saved. Yeah. And I mean, it, it is that satisfaction. Right. You know. But at the same time, I mean, we're told again and again and again that the Christian life um, is one of um, trials and and suffering and mm-hmm. accepting that suffering and approaching that suffering with joy, like James 1 talks mm-hmm. about, count it all as joy. So we can't necessarily say that that the gospel is this thing that's going to make their lives physically better. Right. But what, I mean, I think what we often forget is that, like, man, the gospel does give life purpose. It does give you a reason for getting up in the morning, and right. that is sharing the gospel with other people. That is um, bearing each other's, you know, bur- bearing each other's burdens. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a, we're in James right now as our small groups. That's why it's kind of fresh in my mind. But um, it's like what James two says. You know, true religion is this: it's taking care of widows and orphans, and staying unstained from the world. Mm-hmm. That's that's purpose. It is taking up. It is taking up the pains and sufferings of the world as your responsibility to do something about. Not just because it's this arbitrary thing that you should do because it will give you this feeling of completeness, but it is because you are doing it for the sake of the gospel and you are doing it because it is pleasing to God. And right. I think that's where Jordan Peterson, he fails. And mm-hmm. and ultimately, it's even his understanding of things can, can come up void because the only reason why you would take up the suffering of, of the world and to uh, uh, to try to make the world a little bit better of a place is just so you you'll feel a little bit more meaning in your life. Yeah. Or it is to for for some reason make try to make the world a better place. Why? Just because better is better than not better, I guess. Yeah. Um, but there's no purpose for the purpose, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, something else I thought about, uh, I'm reading this book right now, Everyday Church. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and in that... It's like a race car just went by. <laughs> I don't know what that was. In the first chapter, um, I, I, I don't remember the author's name. You can look it up. Tim Chalice, I think. Okay, cool. Um, so he's talking about sort of uh, the local church, um, and specifically in the UK, um, how churches, and, and hearing him describe this, it reminded me of the United States, and I, and I feel like it relates. But he was saying that, you know, earlier on, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, churches were were hubs in in our communities. Right, yeah. Um, you know, things things happened at the church. Uh, uh, the All this community activity was based out of the church mm-hmm. and around the church. Um and uh, at this day and time, um, again, just like we mentioned before, uh, that's kind of fallen out, and and people are looking elsewhere, you know. Um, and the the point that they make in this, uh, at least in the first chapter of this book, is that the church has been pushed to the margins of society. Mm-hmm. Um, the church isn't this central hub. And and we're not used to that because sort of in our comfortable Americana post-war early 1950s mind, like we think about, oh, yeah, like the church, it's the center of the, the communities. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Jesus' time, like Christianity, you know, like Jesus, like that was – the the margins of the margins mm-hmm. you know i mean they were way out there they were persecuted and they make a point to say that the church is kind of meant to be on the margins but but we need to find a way to bring to to, to bring church and bring the spiritual life that we have like everywhere we go uh, and that's really a basic concept of like, yeah, like, you know, yeah. we bring the gospel with us. Right. But truly bringing this church community instead of saying, hey, guys, come to church. Hey, unbelievers, we're having this event at our church. Hey, come like and, and, and bringing people to the church. We should be going out um, and, you know, as individuals 
and as, as small groups and, and as uh, just believers in our workplaces and other places, you know, we should be bringing church to people mm-hmm. instead of just sitting in our churches yeah. and waiting for people to come to us sure. and saying like, hey guys, like we have the, we have the, the meaning, we have the reason for life right here, mm-hmm. come and get it. You know, people don't know. And, and even, even if people have heard, they don't think so, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think going out and showing people like this is real, you know, like this is my meaning, like mm-hmm. this is the meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and letting people experience that in real life is is big. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that when you have purpose and meaning in life, when you truly have it, yeah, it encourages action. Right. Because people who don't have meaning or don't have purpose in life, they're they're not motivated to to do much. Yeah. Um, because they don't have that that drive that's that's pushing them to do it. Yeah. Um. So I think that we can often sit in our pews saying that we, hey, we have the meaning and purpose, just come here. When I think that's actually a, a really, um, it, it's kind of a hypocritical way to, to look at it. Because if we actually believed that we have the meaning and purpose to life, it wouldn't cause us just to sit in our pews right. um, or sit in our, our church chairs. It would spur us to action yeah. and to share that meaning and purpose with other people. And I think too, you know what you said about the church was meant to be at the margins. I think I agree a hundred percent. I think what really matters is the reasons why the church is at the margins. Yeah. If the church is going to be at the margins, it needs to be because they are standing for the biblical view, or sorry, the just the overall biblical worldview. Yeah. The reasons why the church should be at the margins is because it takes a hard stance on. Um, it, the Christian worldview and the biblical worldview and what mm-hmm. the Bible says. Yeah. And that naturally will push the church to the margins. Right. What shouldn't push the church to the margins is its lack of being the social fabric of a community yeah. in, in such a way that it is providing for the needs of the community mm-hmm. and sharing the gospel with the community through providing for those needs. Yeah. And I think that's what's happening. And because the church has stop doing those things. And there's, there's a multiplicity of reasons why I believe the church has stopped doing those things, or Mm -hmm. at least to the, there's, again, there's a lot of churches who are doing those things and doing amazing things. Disclaimer. We do love the church. Yeah. I love our church. And there's so many churches that are doing (laughs) awesome things. And, um, uh, and so obviously this isn't like every single church, right? This is, but we have to examine culturally, you know, what's happening. Yeah. Right. And I think one of the reasons why the, um, in large part, the church has stopped becoming the social fabric of the uh, of the community and has been pushed to the margins. Um, is it has to do with things like um, even like the welfare program, starting with Lyndon B. Johnson, because mm. the state kind of took over the job that used to be there for the church. That's a good uh, point. Um, and uh, and so that is that's kind of taken a hit on the society relying on the church for charitable needs. And I think because of that, it has kind of given churches excuses to not really try to get involved in the community because they can get the community can get the things that they need from the state. And when that happens, it almost sucks the meaning away from the church, even though the meaning ultimately comes from Christ and it shouldn't matter what the state is doing. But since the church is no longer taking an active role in trying to act out their faith and love, like Galatians 5 says, then like the message that we now send to unbelievers is that, yeah, come and believe in Christ and then just come and sit in our pew. And there's no other real thing that you have to do. But mm-hmm. again, meaning spurs on action. And if we're not giving them the full gospel of yes, faith in Christ and faith alone, but that faith should spur you on to good works. Right. And those things give you meaning and purpose in life that ultimately funnels from Christ. Mm. Then we're not, I don't think we're meeting that need for young men and women that Jordan Peterson is filling. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's more of an, it's more of a lack of action. Is that what you're essentially what you're saying? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Because I think that, so I was reading this commentary and it talks about how 
faith and experience don't know separation in the gospel or don't know separation in the Bible. Mm -hmm. So if you have true faith in Christ, then it just, it shows in your works. Your works don't save you. The works can't save you. Right. But that faith, that true faith that you have in Christ spurs you on to works and all of those things give you meaning that ultimately, again, that ultimately stems from Christ. And so as a church, we need to be doing all of these works as a, as an outpouring of our faith. And I think that a lot of these this, these younger generations don't see the church doing it. And so they don't necessarily believe that that real meaning can actually be found there because there's not much happening. So obviously yeah. there's yeah. the purpose of life, the meaning of life isn't found there because yeah. it's not making an impact. Right, right. Does that make any sense whatsoever? No, yeah, it totally does. I'm sorry I, for I the feel listeners like I have if a, that made I, no sense. I feel like I have a really confused look on my face, but I, <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, again, ultimately... The purpose of life doesn't come from this self-help ideology mm-hmm. that I think, you which know, it makes that it makes that self-help ideology really enticing. Yeah, because it you're really like, does. oh, this is what I have to do. Yeah, like these things will make my life better, you know, right. or these things will make my life more satisfying. Yeah, um, and you know, it's it's interesting because, like. I see it, it seems like people people find find purpose and find meaning even if it's not true purpose or true meaning mm-hmm. you know uh like, like you say in a, in a job in a sport in a um whatever you know whatever they're pursuing um and I've seen some people pursue that hard you know, and, and not be lazy, but find purpose in those things mm-hmm. and like, and do them well. But again, I haven't experienced this because I have Christ, you know, but you know, I can't help but wonder even for those people. Um, cause, cause like I say, I've seen people who seem like, well, yeah, you know, like they're, they seem okay, you know, mm-hmm. but I just wonder if even those people, you know, are, lying in bed at night thinking like this is all there is you know yeah sure and and because i know that christ like christ is the only true like fulfillment Mm -hmm. he's the only satisfaction you know to this desire that we all have right um uh but I, i don't know i'm just i'm kind of rabbit trailing here yeah no well i believe that those people who who you're talking about um they really may believe that they've found the meaning to life in, right. in whatever that is. And they may actually have, you know, uh, a feeling of happiness and completeness in their life. Yeah. Um, I think the issue comes when uh, tragedy strikes um, or when something happens that takes them out of that, which is making them happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether they get fired from their job, and I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but if whatever it is that they are finding meaning in life is for some reason, shaken or uh taken away from them Mm -hmm. then then there's nothing left yeah and what's unique about the christian faith is that our purpose can't be taken away right because it's not something that is found within the physical world yeah it's something that is metaphysical something that's outside of us and inside of us because of the because we have christ and the holy spirit yeah and that is what ultimately makes christianity unique amongst all other worldviews, mm-hmm. all other meanings to life. And I think that is where our hope rests, is is in Christ. And, yeah. and our hope being in something that doesn't fade over time. Mm-hmm. So That's good. We can stop right there. Boom. There we go. But we can't <laughs> stop right there because we have our next segment, the Q&A. The Q&A. Yeah, this is going to be a long podcast, guys. So strap in. Uh, but we'll try to make this brief. Um, we're kind of giving ourselves some softball questions this time around. Or not. I mean, these aren't necessarily softball questions. These are real questions. They're real, yeah. Um, so we, we said that we were going to talk just, again, just kind of briefly over one of the questions that we had last week. And I think that I may end up saying some of the same things that I said last week. So if I do that, I'm sorry. But the question was about what would you say to somebody who believes that God or a version of God was created from good thoughts and good feelings. 
Um, so last week you you made a good point where you had to make a distinction between well what God are you talking about? Are you talking about the Christian God? Yeah. And I think based off of what they said and what they believe that God is being at the culmination of all good thoughts and feelings, we can safely say that that's not the Christian God. Yeah. We don't yeah. believe in that God that was created by anything. Yeah. Um, but how I would counter that particular argument, um, I can, I think I said it last week a lot, but one of those ways would be what's called a causal fallacy. So the question was also posed with a specific person in mind. And this specific person believed that this same God that was created by these thoughts and emotions also had a hand in creating the universe. Um, maybe not created the universe from nothing, but still had a a very significant hand in, yeah. in creating everything that we see. The problem is, is that part of everything that we see are human beings, are ourselves. Yeah. And so if God is simply a manifestation of the thoughts and feelings of human beings, it would be impossible for God, who is dependent on thoughts and feelings and emotions, to have been that which created the being which had those thoughts and emotions to begin with. So right. it's kind of the, you're trying to say that this God that depends on human beings created human beings. Right. And that's that's a causal fallacy. That's a, that's a logical fallacy that doesn't hold up. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm making that confused look again. What's but that? I, it does make it does make <laughs> it's sense. like it's 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 only when your mouth hangs open and there's drool hanging out. That's the only oh. like. <laughs> Let me uh, get that up. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, <laughs> so that's I think that's how I would I would tackle that question. And again, I think we said some of that last week, but I know yeah. we said that we would hit on it again. But yeah. So all right, next question that we have from another uh, Patreon supporter is um, why why do you believe in God? And we'll we'll take turns answering this. So Ethan, okay. why why do you believe in God? Yeah, sure. So um, I was thinking about this uh, since earlier in the day when we talked, um, and uh, it I have a couple of different answers. Um, so if if the question is the question is why do you believe in God right now? Um, yeah. But I I, I kind of take it back to. Um, so for me, I grew up in the church and so I, I grew up in this church culture in this Southern Baptist, you know, God, Jesus culture. Um, it's what was taught to me growing up, you Mm -hmm. know? And so, you know, growing up, you know, the answer of why do you believe in God would be because it was taught to me, you know? Um, but since I've, since I've gotten older and I've been able to, um, study the word for myself and read the word for myself and uh, and see the reality of that in the world and in my own life, there has just been so much, um, what's the word? I want to say completion, but that's not right. There's been so much... Confirmation, maybe? Confirmation is the word. Thank you. So much confirmation of these biblical principles um, that I've read and that I've studied. Um, and then on top of that, after giving my life, um, for me, entering into a personal relationship with a God of the universe is ha- has been more real than anything else. And that's something that I can't, <clears throat> I can't really explain. You know, I'm not, I'm not great at explaining that, but having experienced that and having yeah. experienced just full soul satisfaction in 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 the deepest parts of myself throughout awful things that have happened and just on such a consistent basis these are the reasons that I believe in God now you know because I I've 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 experienced God I've I've felt God I've studied his word and and I've I've seen it just become true and I've seen it stand up and even now you know like right now in my life I'm just now sort of beginning to address a lot of these theological depths of of scripture and it's just building my faith even more you know um Mm -hmm. 
And so, yeah, for me, it, it wasn't necessarily a, it wasn't necessarily an academic venture, you know, of I have this question and I have this question and I have this question and I need, I need this answer and this, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's sort of become this organic thing that has happened with time. You know, like I said, at the beginning, it was really just what was taught to me. Um, but um, as I've grown and accepted Christ as my own um, through reading the scripture for myself and interpreting the truth of that, you know, um, I, I just feel like God's opened my eyes, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I, that's, I feel like that's a very sort of meta answer. but No, no, I think that's a, that's a solid, good answer. Um, and, yeah, I think part of my answer is is that too um yeah so there's this uh like this concept when you are um looking at the the five questions that all worldviews have to answer yeah it's it's not enough just for a worldview to answer those questions Mm -hmm. but it has to be put through like tests of truth to see if the answers actually hold up to scrutiny okay um and one of those is this uh this test called experiential relevancy and that is does your worldview have relevance to your everyday life? Mm-hmm. And I, I learned that a few years ago, and I think no other thing has made as big of an impact on my belief in God. Um, okay, how so? So when you're looking at all these other different worldviews and you try to live them out, in a day-to-day life, you can't live them out consistently. Um, So if you take take atheism, for example. So a lot of atheists believe in biological determinism. So like everything that we do and that we think that we choose to do is simply these neurons that are firing in our brains that were kind of predestined to do so based off of our past experiences, our biological desires, and our biological needs. And so kind of a shorthand way of saying all of that is we're basically robots and we're only reacting to these chemical reactions in our brains. We Just don't really, really complicated robots, really complicated robots. And we don't actually have any sort of free will at all. Now, you can't live your life believing that because you can that that allows you to make excuses for anything that you possibly do. Right. So you can go and murder someone and say, well, that was, I didn't have any free will to choose to murder somebody. It was biologically determined from my, from my birth um, that that was what was going to happen. So you don't live, no one lives as if there is no free will. Um, same thing goes with postmoderns. They can't live uh, consistently within their own worldview or mm-hmm. they, it would just be pure chaos. Yeah, because yeah there which is, we've talked about before. Which we've talked about before, yeah, exactly. But it's not that way with Christianity. You can live perfectly um, in sync with Christianity in your day-to-day life. It actually informs your day-to-day life. It gives you um, a, an understanding of why there are bad things that happen in this world. It gives us an understanding of why bad is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it, gives us, it gives us an experiential relevancy. It gives us a reason why we act certain ways and, and do certain things, and it, it makes sense to our day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. And it is consistent. And I think the more that I think about it and the more that I, uh, <laughs> the more that, um, <laughs> my mouth um, made this weird noise. When I, when I, I just oh, man, that was really funny. Um, but, uh, the more that I've thought so much about all these different things, the more I keep coming back to that and, and realizing that you can't live a coherent life believing anything other than Christianity. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, like logically. Yeah, logically speaking. Yeah. But past that, I mean, there's also everything else that you said as well. I would absolutely echo. I mean, there's that the inner testimony of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And knowing that um, that I've had this real encounter with Christ and, mm-hmm. and putting my faith in Him. Um, uh that that is absolutely real and uh, a real uh, faith and experience that I have, and that is ultimately the 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 main reason why I believe in God. But also, you know, all these other things as well. It's yeah. kind of a 
up here is the the experience of Jesus Christ. He's raising his hand. And there. yeah, I'm raising my hand in the air. Sorry. And then uh, <laughs> everything else undergirds it as things that just strengthen that faith in God. Yeah. As reasons to believe even more. Right. Yeah. Because so. I mean, really, all of what we're discussing, you know, um, like the five questions and these. Uh, I'd like to get more into these truth test things that you mentioned before. That oh yeah. Cool. yeah. Um, but. <clears throat> uh, all of all of this, I mean, I've never, I've never approached in my whole life. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, like they just weren't questions that I had, you know. But now, um, it's interesting because I'm beginning to see answers to questions that I didn't know I had. Yeah, right. You know, and and it's all it's just falling together, and mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, it's just really cool. Yeah, yeah. God's good. He is, man. Amen to that. Yeah. So uh, we had one more question that I was going to uh, I was going to try to get to this week, but we may put it off to next week because we're, we're running pretty late on time. Okay. So right. um, it's really hot in here. too. It is a thousand degrees. And that's not hyperbole. It's nope. I think it's literally a thousand My degrees. My skin's melting off. Yeah, right it's now. real gross, man. <laughs> you look like uh, what's that movie? Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. Yeah, the yeah. Face melt. With the face melt thing when he opens up the covenant uh, or the uh, Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. Yeah, that's what Ethan looks like right now. And it relates to God. Yeah. Look at that. Thanks. Perfect. Boom. That's a perfect way to close it. Um, awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you want to get this podcast early and if you want other benefits such as sending in questions for us to answer, um, please go to patreon.com slash T, the number four D. So patreon.com slash T4D, uh, and you can become a subscriber or become a supporter, rather, for as little as $5 a month. And that's the same price as an overpriced cup of coffee. So pretty good deal. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Um, anyway, if you uh, also have anything that uh, that you think would be a, like a funny idea or anything like that or a, a fun thing for us to do on the podcast for an intro, that's another thing that you can submit to the podcast if you become a subscriber it doesn't have to be theological face melting questions it could be you know what what is your embarrassing pictures of me from from middle school yeah yeah or what is your uh what is your theory on what they're gonna do with marvel endgame oh man (laughs) anyway so again thank you so much guys for listening and um we got some cool things coming up in the future too some really cool interviews Um, with some uh, college professors that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, me too. And also very intimidated by. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) So we hope that you like those coming up. You'll you'll learn more about that soon. Um, So anyway, thank you again the third time for listening. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. Bye-bye.